What is going on, everybody? Welcome into a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and so glad to be with you after a win yesterday. No, on Thursday. How about that? Getting a win on Thursday night for the second straight year against the Miami Dolphins, 42-23. to Made yesterday kind of weird. Uh, I got to be honest. It was, a li- it was a little strange. Got up. It was like, wait. There's football on. There's football on. And I don't have to be anywhere. Wait, hold on. What do I do? I was I really, it was, it's, you get in such a routine of Sunday, 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 Sunday night, Sunday, 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 Thursday. And then I'm like, wait. And it's going to be even more weird next week when there's a bye week. So next Monday's show, we'll, we'll break down the game and do all that, that we do. But then we get into a bye week. The players, the players gone for, I don't know how many days of that bye week, but they're gone for, Pretty good while. So we'll have some things for you, obviously, next week. Uh, probably some deep slant interviews that we've done and some other things and try and come up with a few more Ultimate 11s and things like that. But got to get through this week first. Five and three at the halfway mark of the season. So play Sunday against Denver. In Denver. Three o'clock kick here is the uh, local time. 2.05 there in Denver. So if you're going to the game, 2.05, it's a weird time. Usually it's 12 or 1 or 3 or 4 because most of the time we're East Coast or Central, but this time we're Mountain, so we're starting the game at 2.05 there. So if I'm doing my math, then we're doing the, the pregame show will start at 12. So just – and, by the way, the clocks move back too. So taking all of that into account, if we get everybody to the stadium on time, it's going to be – Maybe a minor miracle. But then again, the fact that it's going back is actually a good thing. If it was going forward, then it might be a little dicey. But I think we'll be I think we'll be okay. So Denver this week, Sunday, then bye week. Then the NFC East leading Washington Redskins on the road. Then we don't go on the road until December 15th, which we talked about on Friday, I believe. That game is going to be 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central against the Jets, then the Eagles, and that will conclude the road schedule. Those seven weeks after the bye, they will fly by and crawl at the same time. It's fun. You got the holidays. You got meaningful football. This team last year at the midway mark was 3-5. and five. You know how the season finished. It was not fun. This team 5-3, and three, two games up on the Jags, two games up on the Colts, beat both of them in their buildings, and a game and a half up on the Titans, but get the Titans on a Monday night. The next game that you will see in NRG Stadium is that Monday night one against the Titans, and it is massive. Now, win these two, win these two on the road. Oh, my gosh. That's asking for a bunch, but win these two on the road. I think Washington's probably a little better than we expected. I think Denver is not as good as they thought they were going to be given the addition of Case Keenum. But you get these two, you get the 7-3 and three with those three home games, look out. That's right where you'd love to be. Say you split them and you go 6-4, and four, you're getting to those three home games still in the driver's seat in the in the AFC South because this coming week, the Jags are on a bye. The Colts are on a bye. The Titans 
go to Dallas for Monday night game, actually. And then the following week, we're on a bye. The No, that's everybody's bye. And then you've got Tennessee Tennessee plays at Dallas and then New England at home. Yeah. The Jags and Colts then play each other. So by the time you get, by the time we get, unless the Titans beat both Dallas and Dallas on Monday night and then beat New England, neither of the teams, none of the teams in the AFC South. So we'll go into that no matter what happens with those other games other than the Titans winning those two. If the Titans win those two, minor miracle if you ask me. That's the only way the Texans would not be in first place heading into those three games, that three-game stretch at home, which includes Monday night against Tennessee, Sunday against the Cleveland Browns where there's a little bit of news, and then the Indianapolis Colts on a Sunday afternoon. Now, I wouldn't be surprised, and I haven't looked that far ahead, but considering the way the Colts are playing and where the Colts might be, that's maybe a dark horse candidate to be flexed into Sunday evening. Maybe. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, I don't think. Although I, you tend to at this point, especially when your team is two games up on defending champion Jaguars, two games up on the Colts, and a game and a half up on the Titans. You start thinking ahead a little bit. But this team, thinking one at a time, Denver Broncos on Sunday. Let's take care of business. All right, let's get to some hot reads. And essentially our hot reads this week are going to be sound from the podium from Bill O'Brien, from Locker Room Hot Reads, brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Coach O'Brien obviously had the weekend to watch a little film, get himself ready for the Miami Dolphins. Teams banged up a little bit. Coach said that's to be expected at this point in the season. It's that time of the year, right, where um, you know everybody's dealing with um... – uh, injuries, so you know we've got a number of candidates there. You just mentioned Josh. Uh, I think we got a good chance to get Brian Peters back. Um, Peter Kalambay, I think we got a good chance there relative to him from last game. Uh, you know, Brennan Scarlett. Uh, all the different things we do on defense. Not saying, not trying to pass that off as anything other than it is what it is, and uh, I think we'll try to figure it out. And that's what you got to do with the 46-man game day roster. You've got to just figure it out. Now, he mentioned Brennan Scarlett there, and I saw something over the weekend about Brennan being the number one rated special teams player by Pro Football Focus. Coach was asked about that today, and he had the exact 1,000% reaction I wanted him to have to this. When asked about Brennan Scarlett being ranked first by Pro Football Focus for special teams. I don't know anything about pro football focus. I just know what I watch on film, and he's a very tough, uh, very um, instinctive guy, great in the locker room, fabric guy, really one of those guys that, you know, when you talk about the NFL, he's one of those uh, guys that I think every team needs. No doubt. Call him foxhole guy. I've never heard fabric guy, but that's a good one, Coach. I'll go with that. That's pretty good. All right. It's Monday. A lot of questions about what the team is going to do at receiver without Will Fuller. Is there a chance that the Texans could make a trade before the deadline? Deadline is tomorrow. Coach was asked about that. Here's his reaction. 
I think there's always a chance. I think that, um, you know, Brian and his crew are working really hard. And, uh, you know, I know probably just like every every team in the league uh, relative to the trade deadline, I'm sure there's a lot of talking and not a lot of action, but uh, you never know. Deadlines spur action. The deadline is tomorrow, no doubt. Now, one of the guys that we'd love to see come back and play would be Kiki QT. And, of course, Coach was asked about him. He's He missed the second half, a little over, well, a little bit more than half of the game against the Jaguars. And then, because such a short turnaround against the Dolphins, he did not play then. Now, Kiki said in the locker room after the Jaguars game, hey, it's not as bad as before, but I don't think I'm going to play Thursday. Coach was asked whether he's going to be able to play on Sunday, and this is what he said. I think it's too early to probably tell that. I think we'll probably uh, continue to work with him throughout the week, especially you know, moving to Wednesday, Thursday, and see where he's at. So I'd probably say, yeah, it's too early. And it is Monday. They just got back. They got an off day tomorrow. As uh, It's always scheduled on Tuesday. So if you go, wait a second, what are they doing? They always have an off day on Tuesday, no matter what. So they'll have that off day. But would love to see Kiki back. When you think about this offense without Will Fuller, it was two opportunities. And number one was against New England. And, and look, that was a tough one on a lot of different levels. But then – the second half of the Indianapolis Colts game, it was Hopkins, it was QT, it was Griffin, it was Akins. It was still really effective at a high rate in that game against the Colts. But having QT back ends up being huge, absolutely huge. Now, if they're not able to get the ball to the receivers, eh, what about the tight ends? The tight ends have been doing some really good things, including rookie Jordan Thomas, who caught two touchdowns on Thursday evening against the Dolphins, and Coach said he's coming along nicely. One of the things I always point out, and I'm not trying to be repetitive, is he was a wide receiver. And then as he got bigger, Danny Mullen moved him closer to the ball, and he became a tight And now he's had to learn you know, how to block against you know, some of these defensive ends and outside backers, and he's, done, he's, he's gotten better and better at that. He's got really good hands. He's learning about the passing game. I think he works hard. Um, so I, I've seen improvement. But, again, like – it's got to continue, you know, especially for the rookies. You know, this is where you start getting into November where maybe the college season, in some ways the regular college season, is winding down. Our season is ramping up. And Coach followed up at some point. I, I remember him saying this, that you got to get over that wall. There's that rookie wall, and you're going to hit it. you got to make sure that you can get over that wall. Now, one guy who is no longer a rookie, he is a vet in that locker room and he is fantastic in the locker room, is Tyron Matthew. And Coach was asked about the impact that Ty has had on his team, and I can tell you just from my experience, that man is fun to watch in the locker room, on the field, wherever he is, he's got a smile on his face, and he loves ball, and Coach talked about that today. He's been a big addition to our team, big addition to our locker room. I mean, he... he, uh... He means the world to me. I mean, I just, I, I just think that the guy is a, in, in addition to being a really good, tough football player, uh, he's a very bright guy. He cares about his teammates. Uh, he's been through a lot in his life. He has no fear. Um, he brings a great uh, attitude every single day to the locker room, and uh, you know, he's he's been a, a great addition to our team. When coach talked about Tyrant today. D.P. Sidhu, 
our good friend, was tweeting from the press conference, and she tweeted that out and, and put a quote about how much he means to me. That, that quote you just heard about Tyron, he means, that, he means the world to me. And DP said that, O'Brien on Tyron Matthew. And Tyron retweeted that saying, the feeling is mutual. We got more glory to go get. I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was really cool that he was talking about that. Now, one thing that everybody talks about when you go play in Denver is the altitude. And it's, it's real. It is real. Now, sometimes people make it a little too much of a big deal. But all I know is every time I used to watch Akeem Olajuwon play Denver Nuggets back in the 80s, he had the mask on his face getting oxygen. So the altitude is real. Coach mentioned that as well. We're only out there. We get there Saturday. We play Sunday. I'm not sure how much of an effect it would have, but I think that's something we're talking about with our with our you know all the resources we have here, Cap and Luke and all those guys. But uh, so I think that's really a factor for everybody. And Luke Richardson had been with the Denver Broncos, so he knows he knows very well about that situation. Absolutely. So there you have it. Our hot reads brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, Andre Ware can't save you on car insurance, but he knows how to talk football better than anybody you're going to find. He joins us next right here on Texans All Access. Calling all Houston area teachers. Want to bring a little Texas football to your classroom? Then sign up for Toro's Math Drills, presented by Phillips. Toro's Math Drills is a video series designed to help third and fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more. I'll give you a little math. What's 5 plus 6? That's 11. That's the number of our good friend Andre Ware. Yes! <laughs> Look at how I did that. Segwayed right into that. Out of Toro's Math Drills into our buddy Andre Ware. We had a chance to catch up with Dre this morning. We talked about any number of things. And then I, because you know how I am, college football is not that far out of reach. In particular, this weekend, with a couple of massive games, but one in particular matching the Alabama Crimson Tide and the LSU Tigers. And I know Dre has called a number of games, and he's at Alabama earlier this year. He's at Alabama many years before this, but he's had Alabama this year already. So he had a chance to see Tua Tonga-Vailoa up close and personal. So, of course, I was going to ask about LSU and Alabama, in addition to what we saw on Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins. Here's our conversation with our good friend Andre Ware. Dre, how are you, my friend? I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well. So the Chiefs beat the Broncos yesterday at Arrowhead Stadium. And, look, no shame in losing to Kansas City, 30-23. to But here are the Broncos at 3-5, and Andre. Your thoughts going into the matchup on Sunday from where we sit right now? Yeah, I think it's, you know, they're in kind of a, a must-win situation to save their season. Nobody wants to get to to six and really have to try to run the table in terms of losses. So that's where the Broncos are. Um, I, I think they pose a problem when you're not going there with a full complement of secondary players. They've got some big, big receivers that uh, are physically imposing, and it'll it'll be uh, this will be a tough road trip. You mix in the altitude along with that, which I've always hated as a player because you just can't you don't seem to get used to it as quickly as uh, as you need to especially in the early parts of a football game. I'm with Dre on this. The first mm-hmm. time that I went to Denver in 14, we played a preseason game there. Yeah, We were fine during the week, and then we moved into the hotel to play the preseason game, and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't breathe. I, it, was, it killed me. Really? It was, it was ridiculous, and I asked Dre about it when we were there. He goes, it happens to me every, 
every time. Dre, you had the weekend to think about this. I asked you, Mark, a question during the game. DeAndre Hopkins makes that catch. It's not counted. But of all the catches and all the plays you've seen DeAndre make, where do you put the one that he had Thursday night against the Dolphins? Uh, it's the tops. I mean, uh, you know, it ruled uh, a legal catch or not, or, you know, the, the penalty brings it back. That was just phenomenal. And the concentration that you had to have to, to finish that thing was uh, just ridiculous. So that, that one ranks number one no matter what. Catch, no catch, official, unofficial, uh, that, that was sick. Dre, what do you think of Case Keenum's development as a quarterback? Had the big year in Minnesota last year. I mean, in many ways, he's doing far more than a lot of people thought he would ever do. After all, he was a one-time practice squatter for the Houston Texans. Your thoughts? Yeah, proud of Case and uh, and what he's been able to uh, to accomplish. Um, you know, he, he he did a heck of a job in Minnesota last last year, as you mentioned, and then uh, he's off. You know, they, he'd like to certainly have more wins this year. It's a new uh, new system, new group of guys that uh, you know he's still adjusting to, but. Uh, I think he, he's done a heck of a job under the circumstances. And, yeah, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to build chemistry. I thought with what they had in Minnesota, they would just go out of their way uh, to try to keep what they had there. And they uh, it, it just goes to show you that when you try to mix in something else along with, uh, you know, a chemistry change, uh, is not that, that, that's not usually uh, always good in the end for everybody involved. Dre? You, we were texting over the weekend. Jacksonville Jaguars dead, or you think still with a pulse? They got a pulse, but that's about all they have. And uh, we were, I was texting you guys yesterday as I was watching some of the Colts game. That's the team I'm most afraid of. Yeah. And you know, just just think how this thing may turn out, or where you would where we'd be, we'd all be, including the Colts, had they just taken the tie in that ball game or settled for the tie. So uh, when you look at it from that standpoint, um, you know, they're dangerous. And they're getting healthy at a time in which they need to. They probably, I think yesterday I saw where they have the easiest schedule to finish the year, and there are five losses. So, you know, they could easily, you know, pose a problem to a lot of the AFC teams, including uh, us, the Houston Texans. Yep, they're going to be here a little bit later on in the season. Thank goodness the Texans have a couple of games on them, but – like we always say, a lot of different things can play out from here. Dre, Deshaun Watson, there's no way he's going to be 100%, but he looks 100% throwing the football with the five TDs on Thursday night. I thought the 20 passes thrown, I'm making a big deal out of this, but to me it is that they only had to throw it 20 times. That's so big. The running game is key. They seem to have the balance that they've been seeking for a while. Yeah, they, uh, you know, sometimes I heard Michael Vick say it yesterday and I couldn't agree with him more that sometimes when you're, when you're injured or you're sick, uh, you tend to play better. Now that sounds crazy when you're not a hundred percent, but you, there's a concentration level that, uh, that kind of kicks in because you know you're not at a hundred percent either, either sick or if you're playing with an injury. And I think that's what's happened with Deshaun actually. And so, uh, you know, he is, he went out obviously not a hundred percent on Thursday night and, and throws for a career best five touchdown passes in that game. So I, I, I kind of think you've got a little bit of that going on along with, uh, some chemistry 
with receivers like DeAndre, and it was starting to develop with Will Fuller, um, Kiki QT. You, you put weapons around a phenomenal player, and you start to get what you're getting out of, De- out of uh, Deshaun Watson. So it's fun to watch. It's fun to be a part of, fun to call the games. But uh, he, he's something special that I think we're just just uh, just getting started. He, he is literally just getting started. All right, Dre, I'm going to give you 100 bucks. I'm going to take out our Mark's wallet. I'm going to give it to you, and you're going <laughs> to Las Vegas during the bye week. I know you'll take it. I mean, you'll probably get on the golf course anyways, but just you're going to Las Vegas during the bye week, and you got to put that money down on one of three teams right now to, that you like – Right now, I got to take the Chiefs, the Rams, or the Saints. You're taking one of those three teams because only three teams have a better record than the Texans, more wins than the Texans. You can put on those three, not Patriots, not Texans, anybody. Those three, which one you putting it on, and why? Man, that that is that's tough. Uh, my gut would tell me the Chiefs, but. My mind would tell me the Rams, and here's why. You get a similar production in terms of offense, and it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It is fun watching Kansas City operate on offense. But I think the Rams are a little bit better on defense yeah. than, than, yeah, than the Chiefs. And then, you know, there's some, uh, there are a couple of holes in, uh, in the secondary and in the defense of, of New Orleans as well. Last night I thought they played a heck of a game because they were able to get home uh, to, at the, you know, in terms of sacking the quarterback and just being disruptive with the front seven. But a team that can protect with a little bit better offensive line could really give them some problems. So it would be the Rams for me because of what they bring on both sides of the ball. But boy, are the Chiefs fun to watch. Andre, I saw a tweet yesterday on the Mariota Jameis Winston thing. They went one and two in the draft, Winston getting drafted first. And the tweet said, well, in settling the Mariota versus Winston debate, the answer is no. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. uh-oh, neither of these guys working out the way they want. But, of course, uh, there's still time to get things resurrected. Your thoughts on those two guys? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of Jameis, a lot of his issues have been off the field. And, and when you have, you can't seem to put things in order off the field you're certainly not going to perform to a level that you're capable of a lot of guys say well when across the white lines and that's 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 not true you uh you carry some of that stuff with you and and uh, you're thinking about it on a daily basis and even going into games fans yelling to remind you so a lot of what he's going through is self-inflicted uh, i think with marcus mariota it's just been injuries uh, every time he seems to get going uh, there's an injury that that uh, rears its ugly head and, and slows his progress down. So um, I, I think the jury's still out, really, on both. They both could could uh, Marcus could get himself healthy and stay 100. percent I'd like to see it for 16 games, with the exception of two. And then with Jameis, just clean some things up on off the field where you can uh, be the player that everybody really thinks you can be. All right, Trey. This weekend, I know you got a game. But I'm sure at some point you'll be keeping your eyes on what's happening in Baton Rouge. You've covered Alabama. Alabama yeah. LSU this weekend, one versus three, I believe, in the polls. Do you give LSU a shot at all against Tua, who has not thrown an interception at all this year? I give them a shot because they have uh, they have the athletes on on the defensive side of the ball to at least you know contain or slow down Alabama. It's going to be about 
whether or not LSU can throw the football because Alabama's going to stop the run. Can they throw it with enough consistency to score points, one, and then move the football consistently between the 20s and get themselves into the red zone uh, and then ultimately score? When you get there, you're going to have to score touchdowns as opposed to kicking field goals. So there, there are a lot of elements going into to that football game. Alabama is about a well-oiled machine uh, on offense, as I've seen in college football. They can flat-out score and move the football, and they, they're not a the Alabama of old where it's, it's, uh, you know, you're, it's a continuous drive. They're a big play offense where I didn't know that, that Coach Saban would become as, as uh, I guess, okay with it or accepting of it as he has. And, uh, you know, putting up 40, 45 points, he's a, he's from the old school where you don't kind of disrespect the other coach on the other sideline. Well, he seems to be okay with, with, uh, with what they're doing. And Mike Loxley has just been money for that offense in terms of calling plays and coordinating their offense. So this will be a tough football game. Uh, it'll, it will ultimately all boil down to can LSU throw the football against Alabama because they are going to stop the run. There's no doubt in my mind. I cannot wait for this weekend. First of all, the Texans are going to be playing on a Sunday, which helps out my homeostasis, if you will. That's your internal balance. So that's going to help me a little bit, probably everybody else, because Sunday was really weird. Was it not? When you're used to seeing a Texans game on Sunday, you just kind of get in that routine. And we've been playing on Sunday or Sunday night for however long, for seven straight weeks. Then you get a game on Thursday, and it's great because it's national television. And Friday was awesome because you're around the building and they're playing every TV we have in this building is playing NFL Network, and they're showing DeAndre's catch and they're showing everything else. But then you get to the weekend and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do Sunday? What do I do now? I guess I'll watch a little football. Yeah, I'll watch this. And then you start thinking of all the things you want to do, all, as Mark said, the honeydew list. <laughs> and that thing is still really, really long for me. Very long. I don't think it never I don't think it ever ends, to be honest. But oh well. I digress. Either way, it was kind of strange. So we'll be back playing the game, and it's gonna be a little bit weird because Sunday we'll be playing at three o'clock central time, two oh five mountain time. You do the math on that. We're one hour behind. So when we go out there, the clocks go back an hour, plus we're back an hour as it is because we're going to be on mountain time. So that means I can stay up and watch the entire LSU-Alabama game without falling asleep. That'll be kind of nice. And get a little extra hour of sleep because we don't kick off till 2 o'clock. So it's going to be good all the way around. Alabama-LSU and you also got an SEC East battle with Georgia and Kentucky. Georgia and Kentucky, so that ought to be pretty fun. I was looking at bowl projections today. Speaking of the the bowls, if you will, the Academy Sports and Outdoor Bowl. Projection I saw today, Texas Tech and Missouri. There will be a lot of points scored if that's the case. Now, Missouri was here last year, so I don't know how Fletch and the gang would feel about having Missouri in again. I know schools and bowls like to change it up if they can, but... Texas Tech-Missouri would be a pretty fun football game. There's no no doubt about that. But Missouri was in here last year, and Texas Tech was in here for the kickoff. So I don't think there's ever been a year where we got the same team in the kickoff as we got in the bowl game, I don't think. Now, we've had A&M in both the kickoff and the bowl. We have LSU in the kickoff and the bowl, but I don't think they've ever been there in the same year. So I don't know how that works. But either way, 
Big game in the SEC East, Georgia and Kentucky, and Alabama LSU. You got a little doubleheader right there on CBS, which will be kind of fun. So KHOU will be fun. And then on Sunday on KHOU, you see Texans take on the Denver Broncos. All right, coming up next, our buddy Spencer Tillman stopped by. He gave us some thoughts on the word camaraderie and what does it mean to a football team. Talk about that next right here in Texans All Access. Watson hands off again. Miller, big hole left side, 40, 45, cutting right, 50, 45 of Miami, the 40, the 30 right sideline, the 20, 15, and he's pushed out of bounds inside the 10-yard line. Miller time, first and goal, Houston. That is our Choose Fun Moment of the Week brought to you by Carnival. Don't forget to enter for your chance to win a cruise every week. The Texans catch a touchdown. Now, that was a run and was not a touchdown, but the Texans have been putting the ball in the air, in the end zone, and people have been taking advantage of that. So make sure you enter for your chance to win a cruise. I still thought that was a choose fun moment of the week because the running game took over and has taken over the last two weeks. Carnival, official cruise line of the Houston Texans, choose fun. More runs like that, and we're going to be having a lot of fun this year. Welcome back to the show, Texans All Access. From the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. That was a great run. And I did a Telestrator, which hopefully will be coming out pretty soon on that particular run. And it's it's all kinds of awesome because it's it's well blocked, but Lamar Miller kind of improvises a little bit just based on what he sees. And what he saw in that play was not where the play was designed to go but it really opened up based on the blocking. And it was really supposed to be a kind of a pin and pull play, a one-back power play off to the right side. And what Lamar did was, based on the blocking, where the right side was blocking down and Nick Martin was blocking down on a defensive tackle. So Nick kicked out the defensive tackle, and Julian got to Kiko Alonso, the linebacker. So basically, they kind of, kind of created like a almost a cross block essentially and Lamar happened to see it and he saw the hole opening up and so everybody was kind of going to where Sunil Calamete was pulling and Lamar saw that gap and he saw Julian he ran right off of Julian's block took it upfield made the safety miss and was off to the house the only way he got caught was because guys had angles on him but run the football like that there'll be a lot of fun moments for the rest of the year but my t- I did tell straighter on that did tell straighter on Jordan Thomas touchdown and then to watch the Texans do uh, play run defense the other night had some really good moments. And so I had a tackle for a loss by Brandon Dunn where you can see the run defensive concept, how it all comes together. Frank Gore had some good runs, and the Dolphins offense had some good runs. But when the Texans put it together, well, they were pretty good. And they're going to have to do that this week against Case Keenum and this offense because the Broncos can run the ball as well as anybody the Texans have seen this year. I mean, if you think about Patriots, Titans, I mean, the Texans shut the Titans down, really. The Giants, Barkley had a few good runs in that game. Overall, I would say that the Giants had had some success. Indianapolis didn't run it at all, couldn't run it at all. Dallas got shut down. The Jags got shut down. Buffalo really couldn't do a whole lot running the football. Uh, the Dolphins did have some success, so... It's key this week that the Texans get back on the horse from a run defensive perspective. Now, they did lose Zach Cunningham in that game, and Zach's a big part 
of the run defense with the way that he runs to the football, and hopefully the Texans can get him back in due time. But they've got to be able to stop the run. Phil Lindsay, 5'8", 180-pound rookie, undrafted out of CU, out of Colorado, wearing Terrell Davis' number 30. He grew up as a Broncos fan, asked Terrell Davis. TD said, yep, go ahead. I like the way you run, and he has become a big-time player for them. Even though smaller in stature, boy, he runs hard. So you definitely want to check out my three telestrators that we'll have going up at our our sites, HoustonTexans.com, our Texans app. We'll also have it, I think, on our Texans Twitter, and then I think we'll have it on Extra Points on Saturday night on KTRK. So you got a lot of places you can catch it, but you definitely want to check it out. Now, speaking of running game, we always go to our buddy, former running back, Spencer Tillman, to get his thoughts on pretty much everything. But one of the things that I asked Spencer was about camaraderie and how much it means, especially to a good football team. Here's our conversation with Spencer Tillman. Spencer, your thoughts on what DeAndre Hopkins did the other night, the catch that didn't count, and all this debate on who's the best receiver in the league. Well, you know, again, I know it's not like a homer, but I don't think there's any debate right now. When you look at DeAndre's body of work to this point, I mean, everything that you would hope to see in, a, in an elite player, he, he, he does it. I mean, he works hard. Uh, he's extremely athletic. Um, he helps his quarterback out. He gets open. Uh, he, he's fight. He's fighting all the time. He's never intimidated. I mean, he is the, the quintessential end-to-end solution at wide receiver, in my opinion. And I think you're probably going to see another aspect of his game with Will Fuller out of the mix for the remainder of the year that he had to rely on last year, you know, when, when Will went down a couple years ago. So he bounced back from a very down time because it took him a while to get adjusted from the double coverage looks and, and so forth. So uh, it's going to be intriguing to see what happens, but there's no question, in my opinion, he's the best in the league right now. Spencer, we sort of talked about this a little bit. Uh, over, we talked about it over the years, and we talked about it probably the last couple of weeks, but what is the value to a good football team of great camaraderie in the locker room? Well, that's a great question. The, two, the three things that I look for when I'm evaluating, you know, or handicapping, if you will, a team, I'm, I'm looking at the, the culture, all right, looking at the talent, and then obviously the coach, and that matters a lot. And so I, I think when you're evaluating the team, Maybe the Jaguars probably be the greatest example. When there's disunity, discontinuity, there's things going on off the field, and maybe we'll wind this thing back to some of the off-field stuff that's happened with Denver. Um, it matters, guys. It absolutely matters. When you walk in that room, I don't care what the camaraderie has been like in the past. If you've had a bad week or there's, you know, stuff going on inside the locker room that affects players, you're out, you know, you're partying or whatever, and, and something somebody says or with a teammate impacts you and you look at them sideways when you come in the locker room. I mean, mature teams don't really worry about that stuff. You're at home. You're dealing with your own personal stuff. You're watching film. But there are some guys, remember, they're a couple of years removed from college, many of them, and they're going to be doing things that you would expect people in that age group to do. And as a result, you know, you get tension. Uh, some tension is good in the locker room, uh, but that kind of tension is bad. It's toxic. So I think the culture matters a lot. And depending on where you are, the maturity level, the mix of your team, it could matter more than it does less at some places. Some place, some teams will police themselves if they've got nice maturity in, in key positions, running back, uh, quarterback in particular, um, in the secondary, the back end, and the linebackers, and the physical position. If you've got strong leadership on defense at the physically demanding positions, you're going to be solid as a team. Spencer Tillman joining us. Spencer, Deshaun Watson, last couple of games, he throws it a combined 44 times. They've only allowed one sack in the last two games, and obviously the five touchdown passes Thursday night. What about the way they're using Deshaun in these last two outings? 
I think it's smart. I mean, I think, it, you know, you can probably mimic what Andy Reid is doing a little bit with KC when that second matchup they had against them. You know, they go four by and, and they do some really cool things, integrating their tight end in the mix as well, which is what the Texans are going to have to do. And you can have some success against the Broncos. That, that four by one look gave them fits a couple of times. Uh, the Broncos just couldn't get lined up in it properly. And so they'll be ready, I'm sure, for it after what Kansas City did to them. But that was a hotly contested game. And, and it's a rival. I get that. But I think you can learn some things from what KC does and, and then help your quarterback here in Houston. So it's a big, it's a big game. It's going to be a huge game, guys. I'm excited about it because I want to see if the Texans have a solution for Philip Lindsay. I mean, I, I'm looking at this guy. When they go too tights, they really do some cool things. Um, it is power in the strictest sense of the definition, but the way he runs, he kind of reminds me of Terrell Owens, how he can bend it back and find those voids. Uh, so you got to really play with integrity. You can't flow and vacate spots like, you know, we can do sometime on defense and get away with it. A good runner, and they've got a couple of them when they're healthy, um, can, can do that for you. So, that's going to be an intriguing matchup, the run game. That's, that's how they stayed in it with Kansas City as on the ground. Yeah, the NFL thought Phil Lindsay was too short, too small, 5'8", 180, and that joker is absolutely <laughs> pounding the rock. And he does it behind a pretty good run-blocking offensive line, Spencer, which I'll segue into how the offensive line for the Texans has looked the last couple of, week, last couple of weeks. What have you thought about that group up front now that they've got Julian at left and Kendall at right and sort of solidified that offensive line? What have you thought about the five guys and, it, and the tight ends as well? They've added to the mix as well. What do you thought about the way the offensive line is protected and open holes in the run game? I think the combination of what Bill O is doing from a scheme standpoint and, and, and his quarterback obviously necessitated by the injury status and he's managing that extremely well. So whether that was induced or whether it was forced, it certainly opened up the opportunity to challenge an offensive line to take more of a covenant kind of relationship with their quarterback where they're going to protect him no matter what. And the combination, Julian Davenport on the second play, I think of the second half, on the big run that Lamar Miller had, it, it was a pin-and-pull type technique where you got Nick blocking back and you had, uh, I think it was Sinio Calamente was pulling the guard, was back coming back the opposite direction, and he popped that thing open, man. And the way you left the end man unblocked, which I thought was really great because it's going to open up a, another kind of mirror play opportunity for them down the road. But that play to me, it's not power, but it's got an attitude of power. Power by the strictest sense of definition. You got lead blockers going on, so it's a little bit different. But pin and pull technique can be just as effective and as impressive, particularly if you're integrating the double team. But if you go back and look at that particular play, and there's some others that had some really cool stuff in it. Uh, Sinio, when he pulled, he actually had no one to block on the back end. It was a little, you know, pencil neck or defensive back that kind of came up. But you could have bent that play back the other way. You can't argue with it. When, when you get 58 yards out of it, but you, what you can smile about is, hey, if I wanted to read this differently because teams say, hey, look, they, this is where they loaded up on this last time and had success, that thing can bend all the way back the other direction as well. And, and, and number 26 certainly is capable of doing that. So, uh, I'm excited about the way the offensive line is playing right now. They found their mix and you listen to Kendall talk about where they are right now as a group. They sound confident and you know, that's where confidence comes from, demonstrated ability. You do what they did last week, and I'm telling you, you may not be the best offensive line, but when you have confidence and you're working in concert with your partner, you're going to have great success. What's it like to play in Denver as far as the altitude goes? I know there are going to be a lot of questions about that this week. Do people make too big a deal out of this? I think they do. I think ultimately you can control that, you know, 
Um, to what impact Bill allows that to impact preparation, I think is going to be virtually zero. I think you go in, you challenge your team to take care of themselves nutrition-wise. And, and, and by the way, if you're not in shape and you can't do anything about it now, nothing's going to change in, in the time period now and, and when, come game time that's going to affect it, that altitude. It, it is going to be what it is. But I think um, I think they'll be fine. I, I, I just think it's a little bit overrated. Now, if you are running pace and tempo, and that's going to be who you are, just make sure your guys are in shape because that, that it will it will impact you if you're doing an inordinate amount of plays and asking your your vertical game to really carry you. I don't think the Texans have to do that. I think if they take care of the football, you know, they can get 62 to 68 plays in there, maybe 55 plays in there, and still come out with the win. I, I think it can be a, a huge benefit for them. Spencer, you've been doing this a long time inside the game forever. Now, here we are at the halfway point. Nobody knows where it's going, but they're five and three. They've won five in a row. I'm saying it's as exciting an opportunity as they've ever had, considering what they have going at quarterback, especially and on the defensive front. And your thoughts on the overall situation here, midway point of the season. Well, it's a positive one, but you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to be balanced when I say it. I, I, Coaches don't have the ability or, or uh, desire to look ahead past where they are right now. Players should have the same mindset. But it's hard not to peek at that schedule down the road and smile just a little bit. And, and I can do that from the standpoint of how we look at it because you don't have to line up and hit anybody in the mouth. But I, I, think, I think what it does portend is how well do you run with a full cup of success? That's really the question. You know, is everything in your preparation going to be the same now uh, as it was when things weren't as bright? I mean, five weeks ago, we were trying to keep guys off the end of a ledge. And things have changed, and we know that the weight of one NFL game is like losing 12 baseball games. And so it's a huge thing. So it can change just as quickly as it did for the positive. And so the team I'm looking for is consistency, one that's going to, you know, have their hard hat and lunch pail in their hand, come to work, do everything the same, take care of themselves off the field. So I don't care what the schedule is looking like. I, I, I don't care what we've done. I'm looking at where we are right now, and that's my mindset. And you take them, again, as trite as it sounds, as, as cliche as it sounds, only what matters in the NFL is right now. And that's the way the great uh, Commissioner Pete Rozelle wanted when they coined that phrase any given Sunday. It was all about parity. And that's the way it is. Like it's, it's no more balanced than it's ever been in the history of the league right now. Great stuff. Spencer, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. And there you have, folks, another show in the books. Get ready for the Denver Broncos this week. Big thanks to Mark, to Andre, Spencer Tillman, to all of you for joining the show. We got Monday Night Football tonight. Now, the Buffalo Bills could help us out a little bit. That's going to be tricky. Playing in Buffalo, so anything can happen, but it's the Patriots. So that's going to be tough. So Patriots, Bills, up next, right here on Sports Radio 610, our flagship. Appreciate you guys listening. You are the best. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow, and as always, go Texans.